This is episode 106 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. Hello, hello. We're back. This is episode 106, Speed Metal Cycling Podcast for April 8th. 2015. I am your host, Dan, the Skull Crusher. And uh, as usual, I am joined today by Mike Spriggs from Gage and DeSoto and the Rafa Cycle Club in New York City. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Great. How are you? I'm not too shabby, although I have started to tell you guys about a little bit later about something that happened at work that is pretty funny. But we have a special co-host today, and is none other than the man who finished 31st in the individual time trial at the national championships in 2012, the one, the only, Nathan King. What's up, Nate? Eh, not much. Thank you for joining us. You're quite welcome. Thank you for having me. What did you remember about that individual time trial, the national championships in 2012, when you finished 31st? Oh, well, I remember that 31st was like two slots from the back, I think. Oh, really? There was 33 people? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that makes the 31st place that much better. That much sweeter. Hey, I, uh, I, also, I also think 31st was, 31 was the number of my hematocrit that year, so, you know. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I'm very happy to hear. Hey, uh, well, obviously, uh, Nate King, who is a... Are you a professional right now? Or are you a semi-professional? I am a professional. You are a professional? speaking. Okay, yep. you're a professional cyclist right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to thank you very much for taking time of what I'm sure is a very busy schedule. Um, and I hope you don't mind if we call you Ted or Ed throughout the podcast. Just so that, like, if some potential sponsors are listening, then then they'll think that we have, like, a pro tour writer as a guest host. And they'll, you know, it'll up the the, the fee for sponsorship. Is that okay? Did we do that? Uh, that that's totally fine. Everyone in, uh, in Colombia thinks I'm Ben King's brother, so. <laughs> awesome. So we can call you Ben, too. All right. Oh, my goodness. We have, like, so many choices. Awesome. All right. Um, check out our site blog and I was going to say episode show notes receptacle, but that's not the case anymore. But our website is speedmetalcycling.com. Name the cyclist, name that cyclist uh, project is there. Oh, actually we could do that with you, Nate. Could you please say how you pronounce your name properly? <laughs> um, Nate King. King. There you go. Awesome. Info at com is the email address. Twitter at speedmetalcycle, C-Y-C-L. And Instagram at the Skull Crusher and show notes hosted once again graciously and thank you very much by Mike Spriggs uh, on GageDesoto.com. Right, Mike? Am I okay with that one? Yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. Thank you, dude. I'm sorry. It's it's oh, that's fine. it's it's been. I still haven't been able to. Well, that actually. I need those. Be... I need those dozen clicks on my website. <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. That's really, that makes me feel very nice. Uh, uh, that kind of leads me to the story that I was going to tell about like why I, one of the reasons I've been so busy is I got in trouble with HR at work because obviously I'm a big mouth retardo. Uh, that's and, not surprising. Oh, yeah, not at all. And when I drink, I'm even worse. So I was incredibly inappropriate at an outing. And uh, yeah, they called me in and stuff, sat me down. So today I had like sensitivity training. 
Um, you're lucky this podcast doesn't have an HR department. <laughs> oh yeah, that that I'm definitely uh, very lucky. Does that mean Second. people here get paid? Uh, everybody except for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. This just is just your, a second. This is just your interview. Okay. All right. So some people may ask, how come Nate has joined us today, and where is Klaus? Well, I know that you may wonder that, but I can tell you that we got so many emails and tweets about how much we talked and I mean how much he talked and went on and on, whatever, and how he like basically has no experience with racing or anything. So who is he to talk? So then we just got somebody who is like most definitely raced, right? A few times. I looked it up, Nate, and you did not finish the tour of the Gila in 2013. No, I did not. You were. I did not finish the Gila. So neither, you, did, neither did me or Klaus. Neither, yeah, exactly. Neither did Klaus. But I want to know how. Why did you not finish that? It looks like you you did all but one stage. I well, I did the last stage actually. Oh, no, you did. I did. Yes. Um, so the Gila has this unfortunate uh, last stage that it's kind of hellish, and it's called the Gila Monster. Um, it also has a left turn and a right turn in it. And if you take the right turn, you have to climb like 4,000 more feet or something while trying to hang on someone like Chris Horner's wheel. And if you turn left, it's, you, you go home. I uh, turn left. You turn left. So you, you, it was a DNF, but you, you started that last. Stage. I did start the last stage you just didn't and finish. I dragged all of Novo Nordisk up to the bunch and then I quit. Oh, okay. Okay. But I mean, if you would have finished, you probably would have beaten who won that year. Paco Mancebo, right? Uh, no, maybe. I think it may have been. I don't know. I can't remember. I look. I I looked I up have your. No idea. I looked Back up your results. Me. That's all I looked up. I didn't look to see who had won that year, but I don't know. Well, listen, we got a lot. That sounds to get like to. that sounds like every ride I've ever been on. <laughs> I'm gonna take a left here, guys. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, actually. <laughs> My, my the first thing I always decide when I have my bike and I have it on my shoulder, I'm about to go down the little steps like of of my house. I'm like, mm, I can just like make a 180 degree turn and just take a nap, and that's usually what I do. Yeah, I don't really. This weekend was beautiful, gorgeous weather. Absolutely no excuse other than the fact that Klaus is out of town, so I wasn't going to ride with him, and I didn't really want to ride alone, so I didn't. I'm such a wuss when it comes to riding alone. I hate doing it. Hate it. How do you do it, Nate? I'm sure you have to ride alone a lot as a pro, right? It's pretty much how all of my rides are. Oh, doesn't that drive you nuts? Eh, eh, yeah, there are voices in my head. Yeah, see, the voices <laughs> in my head are my own voice, and I hate me. No, Nate, what you mean is the voices in your head is this podcast, because that's what you're listening to on your rides. Yeah, Actually, oh. yeah. See, if I was... Yes, I do, like, refresh all of my podcasts before I leave on a ride. Yeah, I, I can't... I, I cannot do that. I cannot ride by myself. It just drives me nuts. I start insulting myself, calling myself a Mexican. It's terrible. It's the talk radio, the podcasts. No, I, I, I use... I mean, I can... Talk radio is great for drives, but I just... I just lose interest in riding when I'm by myself very quickly. And what I plan to be 30 miles very quickly turns into 15 it's, yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, listen, we got a lot to get to. And, of course, we have uh, my favorite race of the year, which is the Tour of Flanders. We can get to that, but we're going to get to that last. And that brings me up oh, to we're heading up towards this. Paul's favorite climb. The old Paul's climb. favorite climb. And I've always felt that the real start of the Tour of Flanders. But he, here's the thing. Before I play the whole thing, 
I try to always remember to play this, like the day, like the podcast before the the Tour of Flanders. But the last two years, the Tour of Flanders totally sneaked up on me, and and I didn't get a chance to play it. So this is the post. This is my uh, homage to the Tour of Flanders and Paul Sherwin. As we're heading up towards uh, Paul's favorite climb, the old Quaramont. And I've always felt that the real start of the Tour of Flanders is at the old Quaramont. You plunge off the Knochterberg, and it's the start of what I've always regarded as being the first real strategic point of this bike race, the Eau de Quaramont. But for me, and I've always said it, I say it every year, the race really begins at the old Quaramont. The old Quaramont is regarded by all of the teams, all of the team managers, as the strategic point number one. This is where the bike race really starts. To me, the race has always really started at the old Quaramont. But I've always regarded the big start of the Tour of Flanders as being the old Quaramont. For me, it all starts at the old Quaramont, which is the fifth climb of the day. Everybody knows that at the old Quaramont, that's the, that's the climb that you can lose the Tour of Flanders on. And he actually said this morning before the start that as far as he's concerned, the Ronde van Vlaanderen starts at the old Quaramont. The race always begins for me traditionally when the riders hit the old Quaramont. Crowds here turning out for the, uh, the old Quaramont. Everybody knows this is a famous climb. This is where the Tour of Flanders always starts to hot up. I've always felt that the start and the real start of the Tour of Flanders and the action becomes uh, happens at the Eau de Quaramont. Around about 10 kilometers to go to the old Quaramont. And that's always, to me, been the real start of the aggression in this race, the Tour of Flanders. But of course, to me, it all starts at the old Quaramont. And here's the thing, that every time I play it, I got to make sure that I say that I never repeated one. Those are all, I, it's not like I put one twice or something to make it more spectacular. They're all just from last year. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I think you're like looping it. Then I realized that there's a little bit different in there. No, 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 no. There is no looping. That is each individual one. And I stopped collecting them in like 2009, 2008. So there's probably a ton more that I've like since that I could add to. And I have a couple of other Paul Sherwin like loops of things that he says all the time, but I never got around to editing them correctly. Anyway, so that's that's a preview of Flanders coming up uh, later on in this episode. But for now, let's go over the races that kind of led up to the Tour of Flanders. Uh, and I'll ask you if you guys watch them or not, as I usually do. Tour of Catalonia, did you watch that, Nate? <laughs> Mike, did you watch a Tour of no, Catalonia? No, no. Well, you know, this is interesting. This this race proved that the pro peloton actually listens to the podcast. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't know if you remember this, but stage one of the Tour of Catalonia had already happened when we did last episode. And I mentioned that I was really pissed off that, that Team Colombia wasn't in, in the break that morning. Well, guess what? Next day, boom, Team Colombia in the break. Just like that. And then, and then, remember we talked about the John 316 dude, the Ethiopian champion that rides for Lamprey, that the, the helmet looks like that crazy wig that that dude used to wear? The next day, boom, in the break, beat that. And something else that happened at the Tour of Catalonia that was awesome was they had a minute of silence for that plane that crashed in, in France or Germany or wherever the hell it happened. France, France. In France, it was a German plane. German plane in France. In France, so do you think that That's most never people, happened? What, what were most people in the died German or French? You think? I think like half were German. Oh man, that's too bad for those people. I feel really bad. 
Anyway, uh, there was a minute of silence during the tour of Catalonia, and a dude played the saxophone during the middle of silence. And I was like, wait, if it's a minute of silence, why is somebody playing the saxophone? That's kind of the exact opposite of what silence is. But anyway, Spanish TV doesn't refer to Tinkoff Saxo as Tinkoff Saxo. They call him Saxo Bank, which I thought was brilliant. Throughout the whole race, every single stage, they just call him Saxo Bank. That's awesome. <laughs> they just ignore the fact that that's not the name of the team. They just continue to call that. It's awesome. Uh, so, Mike, if you didn't see it, you missed Domenico Pozzovivo winning stage three and doing the little celebration with the finger thing on his head. With the antenna? Yeah, he did it. It was awesome. Oh, and then he went on the podium, and the, and the people giving the, the, the awards or whatever, the trophies, were the winners of the junior race. So he's a bunch of little kids. There was four kids. Pozzovivo was taller than two of them. I'm not kidding, dude. You got to look it up. <laughs> Brings me to another point, though. What if instead of girls in the podium, avoid that whole, like, sexist conversation and just have kids? Child labor? No. You won't so pay we're just exploring for a... another, like, you don't pay them. No, you don't pay them. That's not labor. They were that's true. They're interns. <laughs> yeah, they're interns, exactly. So, Nate, whenever whenever yes. you like, I don't know, have you ever been on a podium? <laughs> I have been on a podium. It's shocking. No, I'm I know. kidding. Of course, I know. I'm sure you have. And then, like, do you ever get, like, a stiffy when a, one of those girls gives you a kiss? No, I, I ride my bike too much. It's stiffies. Oh, that's that's too bad. Um, where do you stand on the on the podium girl controversy? People saying that that's sexist to have uh, women giving awards to the dudes I mean eh, that's kind of my thought <laughs> my thought is you're like eh what the fuck do I care <laughs> yeah but it, I mean it, it, it is kind of screwed up in a way but I, I'm not I'm not gonna stand on a soapbox tomorrow about it Uh, could you actually stand on a soapbox? Because, I mean, soapbox nowadays are like that soft cardboard. They're basically just glorified, like, cereal boxes. I mean, I was going to raise issue with having to actually, like, get up on it because that's a lot of effort. Yeah, I agree with you. I've never been on a podium in my life. Actually, no, not true. For that, yeah, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, but Gens Bevelgem, the women's podium, like, the, 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 for the women's race, the podium was, like, all these, like, hunky dudes. Yeah, Mr. Universe Model Belgium. Oh, really? Yeah, man. He was a good-looking dude. <laughs> That's rad. That, like, the, those two guys were, like, super hunky. Like, they looked Italian. They didn't even look Belgian. That's how good-looking they were. <laughs> didn't even look Belgian. What, the, what does a Belgian guy look like? Uh, I don't know. Tom Bonin? Tasty. <laughs> <laughs> they, look like, yes, they look like Philippe Missing Gilbert. <laughs> they look like Philippe Gilbert. Um, it was uh, Flordy, Flordy Mackay was the girl that won the women's. It was her first elite UCI victory. And Liv Plantour actually wear Echetondo, that crazy Echetondo! Yeah. That's, that's yeah. who makes their, their, their kits. That's weird. I mean, just because it's not a mainstream brand. That's what I mean by weird. Um, I mean, that's Alberta Condor's neck things. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's right. Uh, oh, here's another one. Here's a, a quiz for you guys. The Spanish commentators during the Tour of Catalonia refer to one of the writers as Roy Sosserlan. Do you know who that is? <laughs> Roy Sosserlan. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, that's funny. Uh, there was uh, three Colombians in the top ten. Uh, Rigoberto Duran, Darwin Atapuma, and Harlinson Pantano. And Chavez attacked in the last stage. So Colombian did, Colombians did really well. And all three of the all all of those guys except for Duran were actually in Team Colombia at one point. So there you go. That's the problem with Team Colombia. Is, like people just leave it to go to better teams. But anyway, uh, the Copie Bartali. Did you guys watch that? No, when was that on? When? Was I yeah, don't when know. Was that? Like last week or the week I before? I only knew it was going on because of the Team Columbia Twitter. How did I miss uh, that? <clears throat> dude, you, you, you know what your problem is, Mike? You don't do enough research for the club. What? What, what were people watching those days when they could have been watching Copia Bartoli? They were probably watching reruns of Webster. For Webster? <laughs> no. <laughs> With for Emmanuel Lewis. How did you know? I just actually... Uh, like, what do you call that when you call a spirit of somebody inside of you? I, I channeled. I just channeled my brother because he loves bringing up Webster. <laughs> um, no, actually, Copia Bartali was going on at the same time as Catalonia and I think at the beginning of the three days of the Pana. I'm not sure. Oh, we oh. watched the Pana for sure. Um, I don't know. Some some of this stuff yeah. is hard to find. And yeah, then the this other was thing all, is this was we're showing right. it on a giant screen and we can't always get the like illegal feed up. That looks decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, it's wait, it's like ten feet across. <laughs> it looks. Wait, wait, Mike, Mike, Mike. Question: How are you guys channel? Or how are you guys piping stuff in in New York? Uh, we have subscription to Eurosport, and we use it through a VPN. So oh, we, pay okay, for, yeah. we pay for it, but we just have to we just have to geo rearrange. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have geo friends at San Francisco Club, and that's what yeah. they do. So. Okay. So anyway, the copy of Bartoli was on Rai, and I just absolutely love watching races on Rai because those commentators are just freaking hilarious. But the other funny thing and interesting thing was that the Colombian Movistar team was there. So it looked like Movistar, except it really wasn't Movistar at all. It was just a bunch of random Colombian dudes and the ex-Bolivian champion. <laughs> like, it was just, Isn't that rad? It's so amazingly awesome. It's just weird. And this kid, Freddy de Montaña. I got into a break with one of the Movistar guys in Colombia. And you thought, this is awesome. Well, no, like, there's photos of me in the break with, like, I do it for Movistar, and then um, Betunker, and I'm like, yeah, I'm the shit. What are you talking about? Oh, that Movistar guy's on a cannon deal. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah, it is pretty funny. Uh, the kits look exactly the same. They wear the exact same cat-like uh, helmets. Everything looks exactly the same, except this year they're riding Cannondales. But last year they were they were riding... Was it last year or the year before that they were riding Pinarellos as well? Like They were, they were on Pinarello last, uh, two, years ago. two years ago. Last yeah. year they switched to Cannondale. I don't know what they're on this year. Yeah, I think it may still be Cannondale. But uh, this kid, Freddy Montaña, like, did really, really well throughout the race. And I think this kid is going places. Wait, so, wait, wait. Freddy Montaña? Yeah. yeah. He I used know to, that kid. He used to be in the... Uh, uh, what the, what was the name of that team? Uh, Boyacá is for lovers or Boyacá is going to kick your ass. or uh, Yeah, one, one of those. One of those silly regional teams. But yep. um, it's interesting too because the, the guys in Rai were like, when your last name is Montaña, you better be good at climbing. And I was like... <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a Klaus joke. Wait, if you don't know, Montaña means mountain. I don't know if you know that, Mike. I do now. Okay. So Sky was the only Pro Tour team there. So it was kind of fun to see, like, the smaller teams and, like, a bunch of different faces and stuff. And, and uh, oh, and also Sergio Now was his first, like, big race back. And he was amazing. He was a domestique for Swift. He did a really good job. 
interesting thing about the Copia Bartali, they did this last year, and they may have done it the year before that too. They split the teams into threes and fours for the team time trial, so the whole team doesn't go out at once. That's weird. Yeah, it's yeah. super weird. And then, but your time is your time. Does it take all so day. If a, a team can win the race, can win the team time trial, and also be last. Yeah, it's really weird. And yeah, of course, what? it takes forever. How many stages is that race? Uh, Copia Bartali, three four. days, four stages, I think. It's kind of like the, the three days huh. of the pan as well, I think. Yeah. But another thing that's hilarious, which is not really as funny now that it kind of happened in Flanders, but there was twice during the race that there were just cars driving on the course, like regular mom driving kids <laughs> to soccer practice, going the opposite way, and like motorcycles <laughs> weaving out of the way to <laughs> it's insane. It's twice, like racing. Twice it happened. So <laughs> I don't think that these people were doing a very good job at closing the streets, but um that kid that won it though, uh Louis Maintius. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. He's South African, but an amazing rider, super sparky. He races for Mountain Chewbacca. And I mean, he stole the race in the last stage. It was amazing. He beat Ben Swift by three seconds or two seconds, which was amazing. And <laughs> I should have gotten a, a, a screen grab of this. He's in the podium, and they gave him, like, a blender, <laughs> like some fancy food processor kind of thing. <laughs> I was sponsored by a blender company last year. Don't hate. But it's different between being sponsored. I mean, when you're a sponsor, they're giving you money. You're like, cool. But this guy just beat Wait, Ben Swift. I don't know what else they gave him, but they gave him, like, like this fancy-looking blender. There's your Vitamix. <laughs> hey, man, it's a $500 blender. I don't think it was a Vitamix. because No, actually, definitely wasn't a Vitamix. So I know that box. But uh, just I'm thinking, like, why does he need one? Do they even have electricity in Africa? Was it a ninja? They don't need electricity. <laughs> <laughs> in Africa, they don't need electricity. <laughs> oh no, my god! Mud huts. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. So I mean, what is he gonna do with this like blender? He's gonna go back to his mud hut, and people in his in his village are gonna worship it like it's an idol. <laughs> <laughs> is that racist? <laughs> I just called the HR department. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what people said to me when I took my blend tech to Colombia. So whatever. oh yeah, no, I know. I used to uh, when I. Used to, like when you know when, when I was a kid, we used to interact with a lot of Germans, of course, because you know my brother and I were like German, who's we went to German school and stuff, whatever, German family, and yeah, some people would be like they would come back from Germany and be like, when I bought like a Betamax movie, they were like, what are you gonna watch that in? Well, in my Betamax, how where do you plug it in? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. but whatever. I God bless America. Who cares? Listen. Uh. Uh, hey, do you either of you guys know if uh, Nipo Vinifantini, I think the guy in Rai said, and I mean, my Italian is good enough, but that Nipo Vinifantini publishes all their blood values on their website? What? Really? Which I found, I mean, I know that there's some teams that talk <laughs> about doing that and whatever, and I think that's wonderful, and I think everybody should do it, but Damiano Cunego is in Nipo Vinifantini. I don't think that would be in their best interest <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I'm just—I don't know. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm just wondering if they really have thought this through. <laughs> the owner probably thought. Well, the guy—the guy who actually owns Vini Fantini. Um, I know that he's like super anti-doping and stuff, and that's why he dropped the team or the sponsorship from the team after the the, the um, Daniel Di Luca or whatever. But uh, so maybe huh. they're doing it, and maybe maybe that's why 
Kunego just kind of sucks and he's riding for like a second rate team is because he's clean. Mm. I, I don't know. Well, you right. have to. So I'm on the website. You can you can fill out a form and you will discover more about the biological passport of Daniano <laughs> Kunego. You have to. So fill they're it gonna. Up. They're going to mine your information and they're going to sell it to someone and then they're going to give you some fake blood values. I just, I just sold my email. <laughs> oh, yeah. His, his, oh, yeah. His hematocrit last, last week was like 40, 40 45. It's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, everything's uh, fine. So the three days of Pane, uh, signed the Boulder, looked good and got my hopes up for Flanders. And it was like such a tease. I was very upset about that. But Christoph, of course, looked even better. He won. Okay, so I did the math, and Alexander Kristoff won seventy-five percent of the stages in that race, or one hundred percent of the road stages. That's how good I am at math. I know how to divide by four. All right. Anything to say about the three days? Since you did watch that one, Mike? I did. Here was the highlight for me. It was the Wiggins interview at the TT. <laughs> yes. Yes. You saw that. I did, and I want first you to of put all, a the video. dude was so raffed out in the sickest world champ. <laughs> kit that they made like one of just for him <laughs> everything was dialed the oakley shades everything was perfect the hat the kit is awesome and then he just gives this interview that's like he can you can tell he's so happy to be retiring oh i he know was like beyond giggly and like joking around and swearing with reporters and just kind of like being hilarious it was funny yeah please put a link to that to that video on the sure. show notes definitely go check it out gagedesoto.com because the video is awesome his interview is he's so relaxed and he's obviously so i just don't give a shit anymore that it's awesome and his bike was like redunculous too he's like world champion bike or whatever i don't know so, hey, Nate, I have another question what? for you. When you did the individual time trial world championships, I mean national championships. National. Well, national. National championships. That you, you, you were 33rd for? Is that what it was? 31st. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. 31st out of 33. Uh, yes. <laughs> did you ride a TT bike or were you just on like a regular road bike? I did ride a TT bike. So if you would have ridden a road bike, do you think you would have been 33rd? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yes. And... Here's the better question. Do you know who was 33rd? Um, maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm searching my brain right now, but uh, <laughs> if I did some quick Googling, I could tell you it was maybe... I, no, I don't know. The, who, I who won it that year? I have no idea. Uh, Dave Zabriskie. Dave Zabriskie. That's 2012. That's the last one he won. That's right. Last one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that was the three days. Uh, what about the Dwarves Door of Vlandren? The either of the you guys watch that? Dwarves Dor Valandren. There are way too many vowels in that. The Dwarves Dor Flandren. The race through Flandres. Come on. <laughs> no? Dude, this was this was the beginning of my heartbreak because you know that dude Luke, right? The guy that always holds the sign? Luke on the races. On all the Belgian races. Ay, What's come the on, sign? people. Luke. L-U-C. Luke. That's the guy's name. He always holds a sign. It says Luke in green. I always, every time I see him, I hashtag Luke. Follow me on Twitter, damn it. Anyway, <sighs> I saw him. I see the Luke sign. And what do I see? Under his name, there's a Wanty Group Go Bear, like, logo. And now I'm thinking, Luke sold out. 
Does he have affiliate marketing? He's being sponsored by Wanted Group Gobert. That's no good unless, unless he's actually a fan of the team and he's just tagging, hey, Luke loves Wanted Group. Maybe. I don't know. But you remember when. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when Didi the Devil sold out and he started getting like, like sponsors, logos and stuff? Where is he now? Exactly. Because he sold out. I kicked his ass. So, Luke, you better beware. If I keep seeing that little banner with Wanty Group Gobert and I find out they're paying you for this, I'm coming after you. You know, Luke used to be married and his wife used to have a hair salon. So the first, like, races that he went to, he held a sign with his wife's hair salon name on it. After they broke up, he enjoyed doing it so much that he started bringing his sign with his name on it. Come on, you guys don't know anything about cycling history. No. Nothing. Well, he's awesome. I love him. Oh, I also captured audio of the uh, sports guys saying shit happens. So, but I have it on my phone, which means I can't play it for you guys. But I'm going to insert it right here. Die, die stuurde dan ook een tweet dat hij zich daar echt schuldig over voelde, maar dat een minuut shit happens in de koers. <laughs> Wasn't that funny? <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, Hilarious. so funny. Uh, it was good to see uh, Amador in the cobbles. He looked solid, which is good because he's going to have to help, help Quintana during the Tour de France. So you guys didn't see this race? Are you for reals? Because No, I did see this race. Okay, because th- there was the, 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 the final break. There was two dudes from uh, Top Sport. Yeah. And they basically taught ethics exactly how you're supposed to win a race when you're in a break and you have more than one guy in it. <laughs> it was, like good Belgians should? Yeah, it, it, you would think that somebody like ethics with the like with their uh, – uh, uh, what do you call that? Like their past, their heritage. Thank you. Like since they're my paydays and stuff, they would know how to do it. But this year, they've fucked it up so many times. It's unbelievable. And then meanwhile, this little team goes out and goes, hey – You go ahead and you attack. All right, you go ahead and you follow that one. I'll follow this one. You follow this one, you follow that one. You say one of the guys, boom, he takes off, boom, he wins. Top sport, one, two. Yele Walai is 25 years old. He wins the race. Unbelievable. And he's the guy that started the move to begin with. Amazing. Amy Peters won the women's. And I know what you're wondering too now. What about Nairo Quintana? I'll tell you. He finished 78th out of 89. Seven minutes and two seconds back. The cobbles. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't look good on the cobbles. Uh, no, he didn't. But I, I didn't expect him to anyway. I, I mean, obviously. But was he? Do, do we know what he was? What he was expecting? I, he, he he said he had never ridden them before. But I mean, <laughs> what this guy where <laughs> the first time a dude rides cobbles is in a is in a massive race. In a massive race. Like no, I mean like before this time around, he went to Belgium. I'm sure he hit him probably before the race, but. Um, Didn't we talk about this race before? No, definitely not. All right, definitely not. Uh, this was the oldest. Ra- You're not doing these in chronology. You have to fix all. No, this no, 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 no. Because not- what I'm doing is I'm do. I did all the. I did the stage races, and now I'm doing the semi classics. Uh, uh, okay. I didn't. Get yeah, that. that's why. I so, missed that. Um, okay, I get it. But now, percentage wise, I wonder if 78th out of 89 is better than 31st out of 33. Speaking of, I have pulled up the 2012 United States National Time Trial U.S. Pro results. I was 31st out of 35. Ooh. That yes. actually makes you better than Quintana. 
Yeah. Okay, so who was last? Uh, Andrew Dahlheim, who does not race professionally. Any, uh, uh, only one guy races pro anymore. Hmm. Uh, so if he well, doesn't race pro anymore, what is he doing washing cars? Is he Mexican? No, no, no. He races on some other team. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, and, and you said, oh, Zabriski won it, right? Yeah, Zabriski won it. I was only uh, um, um, a minuscule difference of 548 back. <laughs> and how long was this thing? 5K? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a, I think it was a 40K. It was like 40. It was, it, his winning time was 4041. Mine was a uh, striking five, uh, 45 48. But you are not a time trial specialist, are you? Actually, yes. Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, very, well, you're not very good at it. Apparently not. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> so, actually, it, it might as well just ask you a few questions. Who are you racing for right now? I race for uh, Smart Stop. Ah, Team Smart Stop, of course. From California, because yes. that's where you live, California. Yes, the team is actually based in, I think, North Carolina. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, okay. Well, awesome. See, there you go. So we got answers now. The E3 Harold Becke, did you guys watch that? Yes. Yes. Did you see the, the last, like, K? Did you see the poster for it? <laughs> Mike, did you see the I, poster? Of course, of course. How awesome the, is that poster? The hand, the, the hand the, grabbing the butt? No, it was just the skirts. No, it was, it was the skirts lifted from the, on the podium girls or something. Like, it was, no, yeah. It's, it's, it's the, and then it's, the logo was on the underwear? No, no, no. Well, yeah, their logo is, is, is like a butt, and then the skirt is flying up, the logo is on the underwear, and there's a oh, hand. Oh, and there is a hand. There's That's a hand right. grabbing the butt. It's despicable. It's despicably awesome. Just, They're basically it's saying like... It's a blue like, hand. It's obviously Astana. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's like they're like, oh yeah, remember how everybody came down on Peter Sagan for being a sexist asshole and being just a stupid, like, retarded frat boy? Yeah, we remember that. Well, look what we're gonna do. Like, what the hell? They need to go to HR. That's they do need to HR. They are well, HR E three. E3 HR, I don't know, there's a joke in there with HR and Harold Becker and E3, I don't know, fish it out. But, um, yeah, I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> Please put that on the on the show notes as well, Mike. GageTheSoto.com. The poster for this year's AE3 Harold Beckett is ridiculous. I'm going to get like so many clicks on my website. Oh, you're going to get like nine. Just include the poster, you'll be good. Yeah, that's what I mean. People yeah. are going to be searching oh, yeah, for yeah. it, they'll find my website. Absolutely. I searched for it. I got The Guardian. <laughs> I, I actually, that's the one that I got too, is The Guardian. It's about to change. All right, so uh, the other thing that I thought was funny, and I don't know if you guys saw this, was there was one of those, like, typical Belgian, like, uh, traffic jams during one of the climbs, and everybody started getting off their bikes and stuff, and they showed Quintana in the back, like, <laughs> laughing and clapping. Did you see that? <laughs> I did not see this. That you did amazing. it? Everybody's like, kind of start stopping, you know, like just the usual thing that we've seen a million times. And everybody's starting like to look for places or to go around and stuff because it's just so crowded. And they show Quintana and he starts clapping and laughing. Like, like all right, everybody, this is awesome. It's the best. It was the best. If I can find, I should have, oh, maybe I actually did take a screen grab of this. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me see. What do I have screen grabs of over here? I have screen bags of... Oh, I have a screen grab of the of the fancy blender. 
can oh, you I'm, Skype that over, or is, is the Mud Hut internet connection not that great? I have no idea how to do this, how to do the thing, but I have screen grabs of Eddie Plankard wearing one of those Bajas that people wore in the 90s, FDJ wearing blue shorts, finally, and thank God. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see, what else do I have? Uh, oh, I have a photo of the Luke sign with the Wanty Group Go Bear. I have a photo of like some guy smashing a bike against the thing. I got the photo of the podium thing with the fancy. Oh, and then I have a photo of the Ghent Vevelgem uh, tractor thing with all the tractors. They were all honking their horns and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? The protest, yeah. It was like 11,000 million things. And then uh, I have... Uh... Oh, I have a really good uh, screen grab of Renat interviewing uh, uh, director sportives. While from the motorcycle, and oh, oh, some guy yelling at somebody else. Oh, I, I have photos of the hunks kissing the girl that won uh, Genvelgem, or was it Genvel? Whatever, the the Mister Belgium or whatever. I thought it was Duard Van uh, something. No, it was Genvelgem that she won. Yeah, it was Gen. Yeah. Oh wait, so which 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 one was I looking for? I forgot. Oh, Quintana clapping. Yeah. You know what? I'll look for Quintana clapping and I'll send it to you, Mike, so you can put it in there too. It was Thank one you. of the funniest things I've seen. Is Quintana just like total like or what I perceive to be a total like uh uh what do you call that? Like sarcastic clap, like, yeah, all right, guys. Whatever. What the I, I I just looked up the get Webblegum. Uh, they call him Podium Misters. <laughs> That's awesome. That is good. I love They're it. not even scantily clad. What the hell? Well, Listen. They're wearing like suits with sashes. Yeah. Well, they were wearing like tight white t-shirts though, weren't they? No. I mean, no. here's yeah, the thing. Definitely they're wearing like blazers. They're wearing well, suits. What what do what do guys like to see? Like legs and a little cleavage. You know, I mean, that's what guys like. What do girls like to see? Faces and like pecs, you know? So as long as you have like a tight t-shirt and, you know, the face and that's okay. Girls don't like feet. bulge and legs and stuff, you know? <laughs> There's Mr. Belgium and Model Belgium 2014. 2014? It's 2015. Yeah, no, it's oh, not even man. current. They got robbed. They were actually giving the, giving the awards at some other sporting event that was more important than cycling. So basically, and here's Naira Quintana on the cobbles looking like he's about to crash out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Quintana, man. I just I, I hope he makes it through unscathed, but who knows. Um... Let me see. Oh, the the sports commentator said, "I never thought I would say I would say Quintana and Tienberg in the same sentence." Which <laughs> <laughs> is really, really, really good. Uh, let me see. What else did I make a note of? Um, no Tombone, no Cancellara for the for the Watchmacalls for the classics, which is weird. It's like the end of an era because I mean, by Next year, Cancellara is going to be too old to do anything, and Bonin, if he ever even comes back, is going to be too old, and it's kind of weird. I'm glad that I got to see them both race, but yeah, what a bummer. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, I feel you. Um, the only reason I've heard of Greg Van Evermet was because he was stealing my KOMs before the tour of Utah a couple of years ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Gen Vevelgem, one of the Probably the best race of the year so far. Uh, 
crazy wind and ethics with like horrible tactics again. Nobody followed Luca Paulini when they should have. And Luca Paulini, of course, wins. And it was amazing, amazing, amazing race. I love everything about it. But here's a question. And here's a question for you, Nate, being that you actually race a bicycle. Uh, Because neither Mike nor I do, nor does Klaus. Do you think that there's they should be that guys should be given two sets of numbers, one for their jersey and one for the rain cape? Mm, well, I mean, that would be kind of a pain in the ass when you stuff your rain cape in your jersey because there's safety pins on it. Hmm. Yeah, what's the deal with safety pins? I mean, really like they've been safety pinning numbers on the back of jerseys since the days of like I don't know, some guy a long time ago. Why? Yeah, not, not, not just jerseys. I mean, it's, it's safety pinning into skin, too. So It's just ridiculous. Like, why did they really, nobody's come up with a better idea? For real? Like, I don't know, snaps or something? Jesus. I couldn't tell you. That's insane. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. If you're going to have to, like, throw the rain cape in your pocket, then you have, like, yeah. Okay, well, never mind then. I'm... I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop thinking now. Okay. So I was thinking about this. Seb van Mark, listen to this. And tell me if this is not the saddest thing you've ever heard. Seb van Mark, he was second in Gent Wevelgem in 2010, fourth in E3 Heralbeke in 2011, fifth in E3 Heralbeke 2012, seventh in Duarsdorf Vlaanderen, second in Paris Roubaix 2013, third Kurne Third, Flanders. Fourth, Omlop. Fourth, Gent Wevelgem. Fourth, Paris Roubaix. Fifth, E3. That's all in 2014. Fourth, in Strade Bianchi. Fifth, Omlop Het Blood. Fifth, in E3, Harald Becke. And sixth, in Gent Wevelgem. He's been top 10 like 97 times Does in he... the last four years in like classics and semi classics. He's never. Do you know how the podiums work? I think the only thing. Well, he's been in the podium once for the Omlop in 2012 when he won it. Once in Gent Wevelgem, once in the Tour of Flanders. So I think that he I mean, realizes that. Sure. How sad is that? That's like that's like entering like Alejandro Valverde land. Incredible. Poor guy. I feel sorry for him. I love him. I think he's a great writer, but anyway. All right. Now, Tour of Flanders. Finally, what you guys have been waiting for. You guys can actually contribute for once. Hell yes. All right. Nate, I'll turn it over to you. You tell me what you thunk of the Tour of Flanders. I, I mean, I don't have much to contribute about what I thunk. I mean, Christoph was just a man beast. And, oh, my God, that man is, like, two times the size of every other bike racer I know. I know. Actually, my wife uh, decided that she's going to become a Christoph fan because... She was a big... Whoa! What happened, Sorry. dude? There was a... I'm, 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 I had to close the garage. Oh, jeez. I thought you were in the Large Hadron Collider. <laughs> a bunch of girl bike racers might have left my garage open with... Um, several dozen 
eight thousand dollar bicycles inside. So, oh yeah, so you have you have guests this this week for some kind of race over there. What race are they are they there for? <clears throat> They're here for the Tour of Podunk. Oh, the Tour of Podunk. Um, yes. And what team are they in? They are with uh, DNA K four. DNA K four. Let's throw a link to their website on the show notes, Mike. I love delegating. <laughs> um, all right, so now that we're I done, I think it's k4racing.com. If you feel so fine, you know, k4racing.com. Uh, so uh, wait, you have a wife, though, right? I do have a wife, and she's okay with ladies coming over and staying over. She's okay with. Um, I think there are six or seven ladies here. Oh, oh man, that's like a harem. I man, I need a wife like yours. Yeah. Think, the funny thing is that my wife would probably care like less than your wife. <laughs> She'd be like, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'm leaving. Um, but anyway, now that we're done with uh, Garage Door Gate, <laughs> Garage Gate, <laughs> yeah, it is the gate of the garage. <laughs> anyway, you were saying about Flanders, though, that, uh, oh, yeah, no, I was saying that Chris, Alexander Christoph is my wife's new favorite writer because Thor Hushoft was her last one. And now he, he retired, so she was looking for a new favorite. And it kind of works out that Christoph is also Norwegian, since my wife's family is Norwegian, so it kind of works out. Anyway, that's all I had to say. What were you saying, Nate, about Christoph? Um, I don't really remember, except that he's massive. He's, he's <laughs> and massive. fucking strong. Yes. He's actually, uh, yeah, his thighs are pretty scary. Really, really scary. Mike, what did you think of Flanders? Yeah, it was amazing. I think uh, when Christoph went, When Terpster went and Christoph went with him, I'm sure Terpster was like, are you fucking kidding me? I, oh, I'm sure. Pretty much. Like, I could read it in his face. He was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, this guy? No. Really? <laughs> this guy? Yeah. And he had just come off of, you know, the, the 100% win of, of DePano. Of how, how are yeah. you saying it? it? was 80% win? It was 75%. Winning all the stages. Winning, winning all the road stages, yeah. A 100% and, um, record. You know, sometimes you, you watch those breaks and you, you sort of have to guess at how a guy is doing. And you're like, hmm, it looks like maybe maybe he's not pulling through enough. But but from the, you could just tell Kristoff was like, you're on, you're coming with me for the ride. And there is going to be no room no. for you to do anything in Terps, which is like, God damn it. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it was, it was exactly pretty amazing. Yeah. In the interview after, they, Christoph even said that. He, he said, oh, I, looked, I kept looking back and I knew Terpstra wasn't going to help me. I knew he wasn't <laughs> going to give me any turns. What was that last climb that like, Terpstra like, tried to do something off of Christoph's wheel? And it was just like, <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I thought like, well, Terpstra can definitely go long. We know that. So I thought 3, 4K to go, he's going to give it a try. Nope. All right. 2K to go, he's going to give it right? No. By then, I was like, all right, he has nothing. So there's no, I mean, his attempt at going around him was laughable. There's just no way. I mean, my wife and some of her friends were there watching. We had like a big Belgian breakfast. We always do that for Flanders. So there was a whole bunch of people there. They were like, don't know anything about cycling at all. And they were laughing. They were like, ah, he's trying to get around him. He's not fast enough. It's hilarious. I felt bad for him, but oh, boy. Ah, incredible. I love the race, though. It was great, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I don't have anything against Alexander Kristoff, so I'm happy. I just I was bummed out that Stein de Volder didn't really 
I don't know, do better and and set the mark as well. I was bummed about that, but um, are you going to mention the uh, the not so neutral service? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's I wanted to leave that for last, but before we go into oh, that, okay. uh, who was it on Euros? Was it Carton Kirby? He was, he, it was right. The the commentator. It was, yeah, yeah, it was Kirby. You know when that inflatable thing deflated and like went over <laughs> the road? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of my one of my wife's friends was like, that thing should be sponsored by Cialis. So it's all like that, and as the Mark, guys, co- as the guys go, get closer, he goes bloop, and he goes straight back up. That was pretty cool. And that then, would not be a bad idea, like a giant CSU cartridge just hit yeah. it. Boop. Exactly, Boom. it'd be great. It's like this is exactly what you need sometimes, and uh, it could like the spokesperson could be somebody like uh, I don't know, some old guy like Nairo Quintana. Or oh. your friend has a future in guerrilla marketing. Yes, she does, and. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but Carton Kirby referred to being hit like when they're going on. They were going under that. He said, "If you get hit by that, it's like being hit with a soggy baguette." (laughs) 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 So I propose right now that we call the episode "Soggy Baguette." I I like that. I like that. I'm gonna have to look up how to spell "soggy baguette," but I'll get it right. I promise. So, um, and last thing before we go to the Shimano uh, crashes, do you guys think that ethics right now is like completely failing? I mean, like it just seems like no, no, totally not. No, no, no. Have they won I, anything? Mm, uh, no, I know that they have. I was, but Jesus. no, but the, I mean, like they've got like Tepstrad and Seabar. I, I feel like they're totally in the game. Oh, they definitely are, but they, they all these they continue to be in the final selections, and they just can't make it happen. Like Vandenberg messed up once, Gbar messed up once, Nikki Terpstras messed up at least once. Like, I mean, Tom Bonin was on fire there for a while, and he just I don't know. I if they're probably getting yelled at quite a bit. That's my guess. I don't know. So. Now, what do we think about the Shimano not-so-neutral cars? Like, my favorite part of that whole thing, well, obviously, I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't anything worse than what it was. I mean, I know the sergeant ended up with a broken collarbone, which, of course, sucks. But it could have been a lot worse. Uh, but I think my favorite part about it was Mark Madio yelling after he gets out of the car, and I thought he was going to die of a heart attack when he was yelling at the driver of the other car. So I thought that was the funniest part, but um, I don't know, Mike. Wh- what did you make out of it? Was were people cheering in the club when that happened? No, people were freaking out because it was like you couldn't even believe what you were watching. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it was probably a bunch of like you know bike hippies. Yeah, like, no, it was dudes hey, on bikes. Dude. I mean, a lot of a lot of people race in the morning and then walk, go, come to the club to watch. You know, and they're and they're in full kit and they know full, they know full well what's going on. So ah, you see man. something like that. See, that's like, not the that's not the right crowd to be watching that with man you need to watch it with a bunch of like phd students like i did <laughs> everybody was or a bunch of nascar fans or a bunch of yeah, yeah that would actually be really interesting but awesome. um no no i mean all joking aside of course i mean especially the 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 first one holy moly that was rough to look at unbelievable and he was like amazing that he didn't take anybody else down with him have you guys ever been in a team car in a in a, in a big race? Yep. Yeah, Klaus has. It's, as it's well. horrifying, right? I mean, it's like it's, I mean, it's it, amazing it, that it doesn't happen more often. To be quite honest, yeah. I mean, I mean, the caravan is 
I don't want to call it chaos, but it's controlled chaos. It's definitely one of those things where you're like, oh my God, are we really going 90 miles an hour around this corner? So, Nate, have you ever been hit by a car in a race? Not in a race. I mean, I've been, I, it's been close, but I, I thank my bike messenger pass for <laughs> getting me out of that. But um, uh, I've kind of learned not to trust a team car, especially one that's not my own. Yeah. So yeah. it makes perfect sense. Um, and then I, I thought the second one was kind of funny, though, because it was like like a domino effect, like one car hits another car and the car hits the guy in the bike and the guy in the bike goes flying. And it was funny. And especially because there was no injuries on that one. I thought that one was just really funny. And then to add Madio coming out of the car and just yelling with his veins, like sticking out of his neck was just pretty The thing funny. about Madio is that he's always yelling. He just was yelling a lot more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, was yelling, he was yelling outside of the car. <laughs> uh, that was really, really good. I, I thought it was... Very gentlemanly of uh, the Trek uh, director sportif. I can't remember his name. Saying that, uh, you know, he, he didn't think he was, you know, he was like, well, it's an unfortunate that it happened and I wish it wouldn't have and that guy should have been more careful. But things like this happen. It's racing. It's difficult. Nobody wants to do it on purpose, whatever. So I thought that was really nice of Trek to kind of be like, you know, whatever. Whereas FDJ really wasn't as... <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, there's a difference, though, too. I mean, the first one, I think the guy thought, I'll make it here. And then Sergeant kind of, like, changed his line, which he's allowed to do. Obviously, he's that's the reason they're there. But in the second one, like, that guy just fell asleep when the FDJ car hit the brakes. The guy just hit him from the back. That, I mean, that's happened to me in the highway before when I'm checking my texts. Yeah. Or I'm, like, taking a selfie. <laughs> I mean, I, I check my texts. I, I I write blog posts when I'm driving down the 91. Oh, that's dangerous, man. I just do, like, Instagram stuff, you know? Oh, just that? Yeah, that's about oh. it. Actually, I have an Instagram ready to go that I almost <laughs> Instagram while I was stuck in traffic today. I saw an awesome license plate. <laughs> GRT, GRT space S-C-T-T. Great Scots. That's a great, and yeah, and I took it and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to Instagram this while I'm stuck in traffic. So, yeah. Speaking of Trek, did you guys notice that uh, Mr. Cancellara was tweeting during the race for Trek Factory Twitter? Yeah, the last like 40K or something like that. Yeah, I thought that was really smart. I mean, you say what you will about the whole Fabianese thing and it's like a little played out, but like he's a smart guy and it was cool to see him on there actually like interacting with the event of the race as it was happening. I didn't, I did not no, I did. I mean, I knew that he was doing it, but I wasn't really paying attention to Twitter. And it's happened to me before in races in the past where I pay too much attention to Twitter and then I don't watch the race. So yeah. this time around, I just wanted to make sure that I watched the race. Um, so that's what I did. I just kind of concentrated on the race. But uh, so it, it it was interesting. He said interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put some. I'll pull some out and put them in the notes. I thought it was. I thought it was a smart move by them. And if, when I heard about it, I was like, uh that's a that's just a publicity stunt. But then when I was checking him out, I was like, "Oh, actually, this guy's pretty good." Sorry. No, yeah, he's he's definitely he, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he does. I mean, you know, I but think I mean, I guess I guess my point is that came across. I wasn't sure if that was going to come across on Twitter because otherwise he seems like a goofball, right? Yeah, he sounds yeah, like, exactly. And you know, with the language thing, he sounds like it, but clearly not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah hey. I, 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 definitely a good idea, and very few people out there that I would actually 
care what they have to say specifically about certain situations in a race. But imagine watching a race like this with Fabian Cancellara. If he was sitting next to you, right. how awesome that would be. I would right. love to watch Paris Roubaix with uh, Sean Kelly. That would be like my dream come true. I don't even I don't even want to be there. I just I want to sit on my couch with Sean Kelly and drink a couple of beers while we watch Paris Roubaix. And a couch or a love seat? Um it would be up to Mr. Kelly. He can pick whatever he wants. I'll sit on his lap if he wants me to. I don't care. <laughs> he truly, truly, truly is my idol. You know how couples have the like the one person that they're allowed to cheat with or whatever? I have a feeling that for my wife and I, that would be Sean Kelly. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely worship, worship him. And I think that's one of the reasons that I hate um, Peter Sagan as much as I do. Because Why, he's when anti-Sean Kelly? No, because they asked him, this is years ago, they asked him, you know, people are comparing you to Sean Kelly, what do you think about that? And he was like, I don't even know who Sean Kelly is. Uh, of course, that's what I don't know who Sean Kelly is. Well, you're not Peter Sagan, though, so. But, I mean, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. My, my, my primary memory of Sean Kelly is as a Eurosport commentator. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, no. Mine was when he retired from the 1987 Vuelta in like with two stages to go and Luis Herrera got to win that grand tour. It was, you're not, you're, I mean, seriously, it was a party in Colombia. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And he's been so gracious through all these years. And in his book, he has a chapter about it. And he's just, he's such a gentleman about what happened. Like, it's just amazing. I love him. Anyway, enough of me kissing Sean Kelly's ass figuratively, of course. Um, yeah, I would just love to. It would just be awesome to sit there with, with, with somebody who's done a race. That would be like me sitting with Nate and then like watching the, the, the time trial championship, the uh, national championships, for example. No, because they, they don't do that course anymore. Oh, that's too bad. So really you should sit here with me and watch the Tour of Podunk, which goes in front of my house. Ah, uh, dude, I would totally uh, do it. Dude, I want to come out and visit you. I mean, and everybody else in California. But I'm having a hard – I don't there's, – there's a shortage of money, of course, and there's a shortage of time. And well, I mean, so and many, shortage of sun and, and enjoyable water. weather well, and, here, and yeah. places you want to be instead yeah. of – There's Pittsburgh. so many places that I want to go to though. So we, I don't know. We're trying yeah. to figure it out. But anyway, no, no, no. Listen though. I was going to go some. Where are the national championships this year? They are in uh, Chattanooga. Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's nice. Yes, sir. That is nice. That is the railroad capital of the United States. I got one more thing for Flanders. What? And it's along the lines of the Edix Quick Step uh, screw ups. Did you guys see the podium presentation? Uh, did I? I don't think so. Christoph is on the podium. He's on the first step, and they're waiting for the other two guys to show up, and there's a bottle of champagne on each step. Yes. And Terpstra's champagne just explodes. randomly explodes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> just random before he gets there, just shooting straight up in the air. And look at the look at the reaction of the podium girls in the back when that happens. They flip out and start it's laughing. Comical. And it couldn't have happened to a nicer team. Yeah. Is that like fluffing a champagne bottle? <laughs> <laughs> the girls were fluffers. Oh, that's terrible, terrible, terrible. HR. H oh my oh pfft. HR actually HR already we're we're actually not even recording anymore HR we've been fired already oh Klaus yeah they is cut Klaus is HR Klaus is, <laughs> Klaus is 
HR from Seattle. Typical. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, and oh, and and I'll I'll ask you, and Mike, I need an answer from you already because I need to make some plans and plannings. But Nate, to you too. Are you guys planning on going to the World Championships in um, in Virginia? See. You are okay. Good. Are you gonna be making accommodations on your own, or do you want to like maybe try to hook something up and share something? I'm trying to go f with work. But oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Nate, are you gonna be there? I don't know. Um, when are they? September. Uh, yeah, I think this so. weekend. <laughs> oh, oh, this oh. weekend. Uh, no, um, maybe it kind of depends on if my team's there for. Uh, the time trial world championships and um you know if i manage to i don't know to oh. take better than 31st at, at the <laughs> worlds well what you about know. what about the national the nationals in chattanooga are you gonna are you gonna compete i will be there yes you're gonna compete in both road and time trial of course and you're thinking about doing better than 31st I am thinking about better, doing better than 31st, at least like 27th or so. 27th or 28th. All right. That's good. That, right. That's my goal. When when are those? When are the national championships? I don't know. I set up a Strava goal, so I should be good. <laughs> I wasn't asking for your benefit. I'm asking for mine. See if I can like escape and drive down there and see you and heckle you. I, uh, I don't even know when they are. So <laughs> It's in the summer at some point, though, aren't they? Sometime in May. I think, I think oh, it's around Memorial Day. It's right before the tour, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it's usually like around Memorial Day. So. Okay. Uh, I'll I don't look pay it up. attention. I'll look it up. I'll show up with my Luke 1T group Go Bear sign. Um, all right. Well, that's all I have and I talked quite a bit today and I apologize I was just really excited about a lot of these races but uh, Nate thank you so much for uh, for doing this and helping us out and bringing in a little bit of uh, extra knowledge and uh, professionalism professionalism validity uh, legitimacy legitimacy to this <laughs> to this podcast. I I mean, you're quite welcome. As, as worthless as it was, I, I feel like um, I'll, I'll just be bummed next time I go to refresh my podcast and I'll have listened to this one already. Well, listen to this. So, wait, wait, wait. How long are these supposed to be? Is there one like hour? A, one hour. One hour? Yeah. That's all? Yeah, they're just an Yeah, hour. that's it. Huh. After after one hour, people really they like they're no they don't have any interest at the beginning, but after an hour, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. They're really like yeah. You guys I mean, are pushing it. Yeah, everybody I, I, checks yeah. out around the fiftieth minute. Yeah, the fiftieth minute. Yeah, it's that's about it. People are done with it. As that. Actually, I have no idea. Maybe they're like awesome. But anyway, <laughs> I will say yours is like the only cycling podcast I listen to the whole way through. Well, thank you very really? much. Wow, that's probably the you, several I listen to. Which... You can't wait to see what Klaus says next. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. I mean, it's just sort of like well, what happened to Klaus, which is kind of what happened today, but. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> so I hope people weren't too disappointed. How many people like download and they're like, oh, Klaus is not on it? Fuck it. Just turn it off. <laughs> uh, I talked enough for the both of us. So, all right. No, no, no. So, Nate, is there anything you want to plug? Your Instagram, your Twitter, your anything? Um, I'm on uh, Twitter at King Nate and Instagram at locals are painting. All three words together. 
and uh, they're all pretty worthless. So, yep, I listen mean, away. I mean, <laughs> name one Twitter and or Instagram account that isn't worthless. That isn't worthless? Mike Creed. He's a badass. Yeah. yeah. All right. Never mind then. I, you were supposed to be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Mike, anything you want to plug? Anything going on in the club? Uh, Paris Roubaix on Sunday. Paris Roubaix on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, Is that this weekend? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. I yep. cannot wait. It's going to be huge. The only thing I can hope for is that the the goddamn Eurosport feed doesn't conk out with 2K to go. Wait, wait. Who's going to win Paris Roubaix? <sighs> but, uh, Bradley Wiggins. I have to say that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, I think I actually think he. I mean, also now that Conchar and Boonen are out, he's got an even better chance. But I think he had a pretty good chance before. I just think that the Sky team is the classic Sky team is pretty is pretty strong. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he's going to be top ten. I'll tell you that. You don't think he's going to be top ten? No, I think he's going to podium. There you go. Mm, That's podium. what I should have said. That's what I should have said. I see Terpstra or maybe Kristoff. I don't. I Kristoff mean, yeah. would be awesome if he does that. But <laughs> like if he can make it through the the rock things on the ground, yeah. I think he'll be good. Uh, I think that that's probably the case for everybody else racing as well. But, uh, my heart says Seth Van Mark. I would no. Love, I would love to see Seth Van Mark win part of no. But I know that's not going to happen. No. But I think my head says... Actually, let me look at... Let's see what the odds are right now. There are odds for these things? What? Of course. Come on, man. You've never gambled on... Uh... I mean, I've just always been convinced that bike racing is something akin to, like, dogfighting and stuff. Well, you can also <laughs> bet on dogfighting. Yeah, you can bet on that, too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What are the odds? What are, what are, you, what are you looking at? Bet Victor? Where are you, what are you looking Victor, at? Uh, no, I'm looking at Odds Checker, which is the one that I always go to. Uh, I, I I've said this before on the in, on the podcast. I've actually I've actually bet on cycling before and um, and also Formula One and soccer and stuff. But Alexander Kristoff has the best odds. He's really? 11, Eleven to really? Two. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Steve R is second. Seven Mark is third. John Degenkolb. Bradley Wiggins, Nikki Terpstra. Oh, Aaron hell Thomas, no. John Degenkolb? John Degenkolb is fourth. Wow. Van Avermaet, yeah, that's, a, that's surprising. That's ballsy. I have Greg, I have, um, Greg Van Avermaet. <laughs> Pipo Pozzato is 50, yeah. 50 to 1. <laughs> but that's not even the worst, though. I mean, there's people here... Let me see. Uh, Wish you could bet on like TV time, like how much TV time someone will get. Ooh, that'd be good. That'd yeah. be good, right? How many affiliate clicks? <laughs> <laughs> Can uh, we bet on conversion rate? That would be conversion. Rate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking for a good, funny one, but uh, yeah, all the, down at the bottom, see if. Like Francisco Ventoso, but who cares about that? Is Quintana in there? Yeah, Quintana's uh, doing it. No. <laughs> JJ Rojas, 400 to 1. They know what they're doing, I guess. They're not taking bets on What are the odds on Oscar Gatto? Uh, they were 1 200. 1 200. If he one. gets in the break. Man, I have the. Be- You've guys seen the picture of him getting out of the helicopter? No. 
Oh, I got to put that in the notes. I have a picture. It's yes. awesome. Yes, definitely. All right, I'm having way too much fun here, guys. So, uh, what did I say? Who who did I say? Oh, Seba Mark. That's what I. That's who I want to win. But I think it's probably gonna be Terpstra, honestly. They never met. Oh, that would be good too. See? Yeah, that's a good one. That'd be rad. He's had a couple crashes though, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, but he's Belgian. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a classics rider. He just bounces off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lars Baum would be good, except for the fact that it would be Astana winning, and I just don't want that to happen. But I liked Lars Baum when he was in Rabobank, so I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Pirate Roubaix and stuff. And uh, yeah, unless there's anything else from either of you guys. No, sir. Nate, go take of your go take care of your ladies. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's what I do. <laughs> ladies, all right. Uh, my dog Botas says, "How y'all doing?" And that's it. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,